Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a, another great week. It's unbelievable. So we're here with Angela Smith. Say hello, Ange. Hello, Ange. There we go. And uh, another win, back to back. It feels weird. And I actually think I got the score right. No, no, you didn't. No, you had a draw. <laughs> <laughs> You, you can try get your points back. It's still three nil. Yeah, I had, whatever. I had do you to, care? Do you really care? I, I do, Ange. I really do. It's like you trying to sneak your way into points because you <laughs> predicted the Argentina. So it means a lot to you too because you're still upset yeah. about that. But anyway, yeah. back to reality. Here we go. Stoke went out against Blackburn Rovers and won three two. Bit scary towards the end, but a fantastic win again and back to back. If we beat Middlesbrough, is it back on? Is is playoffs back on? No. A bit negative. A bit negative, Andrew. Explain why you don't think. Because I just don't think. Firstly, we're going to win every match, um, and I don't think other teams will lose as many matches as we need them to. But if we got top. 10 I'd be ecstatic I, you know we've been so long out I'd be ecstatic with the top 10 just got to finish as high as we can um, and, and just look forward to next season but as you said the one thing that bothered me was how we fell away when we made those subs at the end um, it just shows how important Pearson is to us and obviously Laurent as well but um it was a bit of a worry to me. Baker and Lucas and Thompson didn't should with just Baker and Thompson you should have enough to see out the last ten minutes, but we didn't. But don't let's worry about the last ten minutes. We've got three points. Well that's the main thing. Right, before we move into discussing the goals, we're gonna talk about the stats. Stoke had forty nine percent possession to Blackburn's fifty one. We had fourteen shots to Blackburn's nine. We had five on target to their two, which worries me again. Corners they had five, we had one, and fouls we lost again. It ten nine to Blackburn. But again, it's another game where we haven't controlled, but come away with three points again. And you know they played really well for the first. I thought we were under the caution for the first ten minutes. I thought we we might have gone behind. There's no doubt in my mind that they should have had a penalty when Gail's arms were out when they had that shot. But that I love the way ITV uh, majored on it and said it could have made a difference. Yet they never saw the two Stonewall penalties against us, particularly the one when Smallbone was taken out. So I'll take that one. I mean, I thought we should have had at least two penalties. Look, they played really well after the first 10 minutes up until about the 80th minute. And then the wheels sort of fell off, and I was delighted that he blew the whistle, weren't you? Yeah, I was, because I, I was worried, to be honest, it was going to be another Cardiff. But luckily we held on, and we'll go into a man who's become more lethal than most of our strikers with the first goal in the 24th minute by Hoover. Yes, I mean, I think his nickname at Stoke is now Dyson, and he certainly cleaned up in, amongst the goals, so there's... There's the puns out of the way. I, I actually thought he looked good. It took the, goal, the goals well. He was good going forward. Um, I just don't know if he's good enough defensively. That's my perception on him. Well, like I said to me mate the other day, I'm seeing the championship Trent Alexander-Arnold. Very good at going forward. I thought he was in the right place to tap the ball in. I know he wanted a great finish, obviously, but I thought he tapped the ball in well. Um, 
he, he attacked beautifully, didn't he? Whenever the ball was attacked, he was always in the right place, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And he looked well chuffed that he scored. And having been out of um, circulation for a while, playing wise, he's obviously enjoying it. So it'd be interesting to see if we can keep him. Actually, if we can get him, even. Well, that's the aim, isn't it, to try and keep older players like that. And we'll go into now the second goal, which was on the 43rd minute, and it was Hoyver again. Yeah, I mean, it was getting a bit boring, wasn't it? And then he jumps up. The one thing I liked about him was he had a bit of attitude, you know, they, black, right in front of the Blackburn fans, he just puts two fingers up in the correct manner, saying, that's two I've got, and uh, disappears down the pitch. So it was a good goal, well taken header, wasn't it? Yeah, but what I was impressed with beforehand was the build-up play before the goal, actually. We, we looked we looked like we were a different team in these last couple of games, haven't we? The last couple of months, we've looked like we can attack. The way we break forward, the way we attack the games, it, it, it's really impressive, see, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you can't talk too highly about the first 80-odd minutes, can you? No, it was brilliant. And then we move it now into the third goal. Campbell again. But I think, really, if you're being honest about it, you, get, you have to say Laurent was fantastic with the, the play before. You know, he takes the ball, gets it along the goal line, he shows such, such good strength, and then Campbell tucks it away. Yeah, it was a good finish as well, just outside the box. Well, just inside the box, I should say. And then we move into the disaster. On the 86 minutes, local lad, uh, Brighton Diaz, as we've got called him now. Um, well, I'm just calling him Ben Brayton. Well, I don't know if you can say that anymore, Ant. But, um, yeah, he... You can if you're outside Chile. Well, true, yeah. But um, a little bit disappointing with this goal. It was a soft header. And what was Bonham doing? Well, you're going to blame Bonham for both goals, really, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's a shame that... Um, he didn't perhaps come out a little bit more and we're obviously going to miss Sarkic but I'm not convinced that he's the greatest goalkeeper ever but the defence do look more settled uh, with him so the nice thing about Ben, ben Brayton was he didn't go over the top with his celebration well he's a, he's a local lad I'd love to think we could sign him but I don't think we will we could if we get to the Premier League he'll, he'll be straight in come on Right, and then another really sloppy goal, which was, I don't understand how the goalkeeper didn't get to this, which was Gallagher. I thought it was Paul, but it isn't, it's Sam. A soft header and a really, really soft goal, wasn't it, this one? I thought it was a good header. Um, I thought it was a good effort. But yes, we he, he didn't get across to save it, and I thought he should have perhaps done better with the ball that came in. But as I say... To, to, to just work on those points and the, and the negative part of the game, because it was negative. Only Stoke can turn an easy victory into a into a, a last couple of minutes nail-biting. And I was thinking, here we go, Cardiff again. But we, we hung on, and magnificently did we hang on. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I'm happy with it, but I, I thought both goals were soft, and the quicker we can get him out of goal, the better. I, I, st I still believe, now Sarkic is injured, I still think fielding... Would be the more reliable goalkeeper. Well, you've got Blondie back as well. I, I just don't think he'll play anybody other than Bonham. Which and when I asked him, and when I asked him about Sarkic, he didn't. I mean, I think his season's over, but he didn't say completely it was. So we'll wait and see. 
Well, that's the positive. So now we go into obviously everybody's favourite thing. I keep saying that now, which is player ratings. And unfortunately, we go straight in with Bonham. Well, he didn't have a lot to do in the in the first eighty minutes, and and what he did, I thought he was okay with. Um, but then the last ten minutes, I, I didn't think he was great. Uh, but because we won, I'm giving him six. That's very generous. I'm going to go in with a four, to be honest with Bonham. I thought he was poor. I didn't think he led the defence well. I think it's no mistake since Sarkic has been injured and he's come back in, we've looked a bit ropey at the back. Both goals he should have saved. I mean, one of the... the Breton Diaz one was near enough straight at him. You, you save that. If, if you're a good goalkeeper with any sort of quality about you, you save that. And the second one was even worse. He had all the time in the world. It wasn't a header that was near, but near to him. It was a gentle, soft header which was floating, and he didn't get to it. I don't know why he was at the right side of the but goal. He should have saved the second. He definitely should have saved the second. See, I think the first one was worse. I, I really do. I think both of them were very soft headers and very soft goals, and I'm not impressed. Right now, we move into clear man of the match for me. Hoover. Really? Yeah. Wow, he's not my man of the match. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dead surprised, Dan. Well, he took his goals well. Um, I think he's better going forward than he is a, as a defender. But for me, he's getting an eight. Um, I, he's getting a ten from me, Ange. No, sorry, nine. I'm not I'm not going mad. I'll give him a nine. I thought he was brilliant. You have gone mad, haven't you? No, I haven't nine. gone mad. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit shaky at the back, but... Uh, the way he attacks, he's brought a new dimension to the way we play. We're stealing on the left and him on the right. He's brought a, an attacking rhythm to the way we're playing. The proper wing backs, and you know sometimes they can't they, they can't do both jobs. But I think with a better defensive line next year, centre backs, not relying on a forty year old and and if, you know whatever we can get hold of, if we can improve that back line and get him maybe on a permanent basis or another loan. I think he could be a real individual player for this club, a really a good attacking player. I mean, he's too, too good. He's the most prolific. I think this is he's the only man this season to hit two one goal game, isn't he? Well, I, I do have to say that whilst that might be the case, I don't know you can give him a nine because his defending of the first goal was chronic. Yeah, you're probably right, but his header was beautiful. So it, it, it's one of them so, things. So okay. Right, so you're being biased. I'm not being biased. It was just a beautiful header and he took his chance as well. I mean, he scored two goals. He's, he's the first man this season, on memory, to hit two in one game. And he's a right back. Right. Well, how about your memory going to be looked at? Because who scored two at Sunderland? Campbell and Gale. Oh, of course, yeah. What a terrible memory I have got. But a right back doing it. When was the last time a right back scored twice? Once it Carl Hufkins in 2006. But I think Gale was playing right back against Sunderland. Oh come on now, Ange. Stop trying to <laughs> stop trying to ruin it now. Right, so now we move into another excellent performance from Sterling. I quite like Sterling, you know. I think he's um he's a good player and I don't think he's a left back, I think he's more of a right back. So for that reason and that reason alone, he's going to get an eight from me. I thought he was very competent. Um, I'm I'm going to go out and say that he gets an eight from me as well, eh, Sterling. I thought he's brilliant on his wrong side as well. 
You know, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I've been more impressed with him in this more recent role as a left wing back than he ever did as, as a right back or a right wing back, which is crazy. Is he a player out of position? But I liked how he came in on his right and kept making beautiful inviting balls into the box and, and bringing people into play. We've got a new dimension here now and I've got to give Alex Neal a lot of credit. We look like we're going to create chances now. We look deadly, don't we? And Sterling... Yeah, we, did, we have done the last couple of matches. I also think Sterling looks a really strong player. You know, he, he, he holds on to the ball well. He, he very much does and I think he, he did well, obviously, breaking up the half, to the halfway line for the first goal as well. It was it was brilliant play. Can't knock him at all. Another good signing that we're going to talk about now, by the looks of him, if we can get him fit, Twan Zabe. Um, he looked like he was getting tired the last 10, 15 minutes, which is obvious when he's not played much. I hope he keeps him in for the midweek game because he looks head and shoulders above everything else we've got. Um... I thought it was a pretty fine performance, to be honest. I'm giving him an eight. Uh, I'm going to go with a solid eight as well. I, he's, I think he's better than Harry Suter from what I've seen of him so far. He, he's, yeah, he probably is. I'm surprised he's playing at this level with how good he is, and I'm surprised. Well, the reason he's playing at this level is because he's had injuries, hasn't he? And um, that's you know that's one of the biggest problems. I think if if we get him fit. Other clubs will come knocking, and I don't think he'll stay with us. I don't know, Ange. I think there's a, there's a chance here. If Alex Neal can sell him a dream and we get him on a free transfer, maybe on a two, three year deal with buyout clause, there's a good chance of it here. Because the thing is with him, he hasn't played a lot of football. He's had a couple of loan spells here and there, and he hasn't really impressed on any of them. But this one, I think he'd be a really good signing for Stoke. It could be another. A little bit of a, a little bit of a hit back into history where we got Ryan Shawcross from United as a young player that wasn't getting into their team. You never know; we could get him permanently. It, it's one that we can definitely build around the future without question of a doubt. Right now, we move into Morgan Fox. Now, I don't think Morgan Fox is the answer, but I think he's I'd say a solid seven from me as well. I thought that was the word solid. Um, no nonsense in his tackling. No messing about with him. Whenever a tackle needed to be made, he made it. No tricks and flicks, which we don't expect from Fox. But for a player playing out of position in that left centre back role, I thought I thought he did very well. I mean, a little bit dodgy towards the end. I will admit. But, I, thought he was, I thought his defending for the second goal wasn't great, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I mean. Towards the end, he's def- I think when Twan Zabe tired, you could see the flaws in Fox for me. Yeah. Because Twan Zabe was making some incredible run backs to stop Blackburn breaking. And I think when he started to tire, it affected Fox. And that's when the mistakes started creeping into his defence. So, I mean, if you get to Anzabe fit, we've got a real good chance here. I mean, I'm not saying about playoffs, but jumping up the league. Cause we, we, yeah, we have, and, and Fox's passing's got better too. Yeah, which is great from the central areas, because he is basically a left-back, isn't he? Now, yeah. for me, this man has to be, without any question of a doubt, number one priority signing in the summer. 
without any question of a doubt. If we've got money spend, throw it on this man, Ben Pearson. I think Ben Pearson is the man that's replaced Glenn Whelan, and I don't think we've ever really replaced Glenn Whelan. Some people said on Zonzi, but uh, this guy is the equivalent of a terrier, isn't he? He will just keep going. Uh, I just wonder, sometimes he'll, he'll get into a situation where he's, um, he'll get sent off, but you have to take that when you've got somebody who's doing as much dirty work as he is. And for me, he's getting an eight and a half. Oh, see, I, I, I don't, I, Andrew, I don't agree with these halves because it makes it a right nightmare right, for me. Well, he's either getting an eight or an eight and a half, so you decide. Right, so we'll have to knock it right. You, you can have what you want. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll allow it this time. Um, because I, because much. I'm in that beige area. Of, I'd, I'd like to go a little bit more <laughs> than eight, but I'm gonna have to sit with eight. Um, he, he was just behind Hoover for me, but I, I thought he was incredible. The, the two very important recovery tackles. One very early on, and the one right late, which I think if he hadn't got it, probably would have drew the game 3-3, um, which was on Gallagher, wasn't it? That's Sam Gallagher. I yeah. think, for me, yeah. he has probably been one of the most best signings I've seen. Because, you know, we've been looking at signings for a long time. Most of them were going, yeah, the crap. But this this one in Tuanzebe, I've got to be honest, and Sarkic to an extent as well, brilliant. Got to make him permanent in the summer, haven't we? Got to do it. Right, so now we move into another fantastic midfielder that's come out of nowhere and become brilliant, Josh Laurent. Well, I thought Josh Laurent uh, was man of the match, um, as did the um, whoever was the sponsor. Uh, but I thought he was outstanding. The third goal he made with his strength and his pace, uh, I thought he was classy and he's getting a nine. Oh, I see him in that beige area again. Right, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with eight... Eight and uh, no eight. I'm gonna have to go eight. Uh, it's my own rule. Um, brilliant again. You know, was it three assists he got yet, Friday? Yeah. Absolutely fantastic play. Where does this lad been for the first half of the season? I know he's had injury problems and he looks strong now, but where's Louis, who's Louis Baker now? When you look at this player, this, this player is four times the player of Louis Baker, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. It, it, fantastic player. So good at moving that ball forward, but he's got great ability with the pass. He, he's, he never gives up as well. I think he's he reminds me of um, James O'Connor when I was young, just just never give up on anything and would, would, would just pass the ball just right. I think he'll add more goals to his game with better players around him. And for me, getting down on a longer contract, you take some off Bakey, give it to Laurent and go till the end of the season because we've got a good player here. Right, another one that I can't believe I was massively improved. I mean, you wanted him gone, Ange, but look at the improvement in Will Smallbone. I thought it was you that wanted him gone. You wanted him gone I as well, Ange. Yeah, he, he had... The thing with Smallbone is he had two massive chances on Friday. One, he crashed against the bar, and the other one, I don't know, he missed it. But those the midfield three of Pearson, Laurent, and he are are very very good together, and you just saw the difference when two of them, three of them went off the pitch. Yeah. So, um, I'm giving him a seven because I thought he should have buried his chances. Bit harsh, Ange. I'm going to go with an eight. I think he was unlucky not get a penalty. Um, definitely should have had one. Uh, great save from the goalkeeper with that other shot. 
crash the ball with some great play to get himself in. He's got a movement he of a striker. He missed two great chances. Yes, but... It matter whether you crash the ball or it goes over the boom then, he missed them. Yeah, I know he missed them, Ange, but, you know, the improvement in him over the last two, three weeks has been absolutely, absolutely. phenomenal. Absolutely. And I, absolutely. And I, I, can't, I can't knock it anymore. The only unfortunate thing is, other than Laurent, they're all not our players, which is really worrying me because... I, if we say, if we could sign small bone Twanzebe and Ben Pearson permanently in agreed tomorrow, I think off I think about five six thousand people are getting new season tickets. Let, let's be brutally honest, because the exciting thing at the moment is just brilliant. I mean, yeah, he should have scored two. I agree with you, but he was everywhere and his movement was great. He wasn't messing about. He was he he, he looks a different player, and you know when you wanted to let him go, we're gonna have to apologise, aren't we, Andrew? You are. You are as well, Ange. You, 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 you were desperate getting rid of him, John. I apologise, just keep you quiet. Oh, there we go, thank you very much. Right, now we move into another solid performance and another goal, Tyrese Campbell. Uh, I thought he took the goal very well. Um, he started to do a bit more pressing when he is having to run back. Uh, I'll give him that. I thought, the, you know, when I say it was a good goal, I thought the finish was... He's a really good finisher, isn't he? We've always known that. Um when the ball goes in the box and it falls at his feet, you expect a goal, don't you? Yeah. Um, but the one thing I noticed is he's playing with a smile on his face again. He looks happy, as does Laurent looks happy all the time he's playing. Campbell looks happy now he's playing too, so I'm going to give Campbell an eight. Wow, Andrew, but you haven't done that before for Campbell. Well, well we've won, haven't we? So, shall mm. I give him seven and a half? No, no, Ange, we stop it now. You just <laughs> anything. There's a rule. You decide, smash it, don't you? Every time. Oh yeah, I'm just one of them contrary people. Yeah, and you, you try trick me every week to say you got the score right when you know perfectly know well I write them down. Neither did you. And, yeah, but I'm still freeing the up so it remains. Right, so going into Campbell, I thought he was. I thought he's brilliant on that left side. I think I, I didn't expect to do see that but the good thing was was Sterling breaking forward and obviously Hoover, Hoover whatever his bloody name is when he breaks foot forward as well they're moving into the areas to make it like a front three in vital areas and Campbell he got his chance first touch bang with his left bottom corner good finish again and if this carries on it, it, it's great to see isn't it? and you know I liked his pressing a lot when he was getting back and I agree he looks like he's He's happy again because obviously it's been poor for him. He's had a bad injury. He hasn't really recovered fantastically, has he? But at this moment in time, he's looking deadly. And he's he's bringing more things to his game, which I'm liking. So, yeah, he gets he gets an eight from me. Now we move into Brown. I'm just trying to um, think what else to say. It wasn't one of his better days. Uh, he didn't play great he pressed as well as he could um, I think that, that's about all you can say about Brown it, it, that it wasn't his day I think he did a bit of good work you can't ever fault him for his work but I just thought he wasn't um, he didn't contribute massively did he to, to the victory yeah he didn't Seven. Uh, I'll go over six for Jacob Brown he, 
think that's harsh, Ian. No, I d- he didn't do enough for me again. He's, he's got to get in deadly positions, and the problem is he's playing in a high place, and a right-back's looking more deadly than him. I'll give him credit for the tackle, which helped lead to the second goal. I mean, yeah, the second goal, and um, he was always there for run, and, and you know he recovered well a few times to, to support the midfield, but. He's got to be. He's got to be in those positions, Andrew. There was a few times where he was outside the box when balls were going in, and you've got to get in there. And we know he's not a. He's not really the problem is with Brown. He's not a striker and he's not a winger, is he? So he, he's one of those players that. Where do you really play him? I mean, I personally think he'd stick well in as a centre forward, but with the performances of. Smallbone and Laurent in those positions in the central midfield. We haven't got room for that, so he's got to buck up, Anty. We had we had the same go at Gale, but there's been an improvement in Gale, hasn't there? So for me, he gets a six, Andrew. I can't go any higher. All right, but whilst people think we should upgrade him, nobody presses like him, and I have to say, Gale's the, the close second with the pressing. I would upgrade him with him all the time because he presses so well. Oh, we'll go into Gale now. So, Gale is next. Well, he made the first goal. That cross of his was just just a great cross. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. Um, he, he fades in the second half. Probably a combination of age and um, not being as fit through many seasons and not playing too much. I also thought he, he gave him... At one point, I can't remember where it was in the half, he did a fabulous through ball to Brown. Brown ran onto the ball, and obviously, as I said, the cross. So, I'm giving him a seven. Yeah, I'll go for seven for Gale. I mean, I, I thought his old-up play was OK. I thought he was doing some good movements around. Um, I think he was a very lucky boy not getting a penalty for his handball. That goes without saying. But, yeah, there was Gale and Brown were sort of all right, weren't they? On Friday, they, they weren't spellbinding like that. There was a lot of top quality performances, to be honest, against Blackburn, but they were like the average ones for me. Um, well, don't you think Gale links, even though it isn't what we expected from him? I think he links the possession up really well when he drops back. Yeah, I agree, and I think he, he, don't get me wrong. I think Gale is going is to be a good player. I think Brown's a good player. I've always been a big fan of Brown, but. They've got to improve, Ange, aren't they? They've got, they've got to start... Because, I mean, if they can start picking up and scoring the odd goal here, here and there as well, we don't know how many... We could go on a fantastic run from now till the end of the season. We could be the Happy Potters podcast again. Because it has been the last two weeks, and funnily enough, we've had less listeners. I think they just listen to us to see how we moan. Right, now we go into the substitutions on the 77... Well, on, before you go in the subs, sorry, and before you go in the subs, and we talked... I, I talked about Brown being upgraded... Uh, and there will be some upgrades in the summer, and I still think he'll be in the squad, and I think he should be. If you look at the first goal, um, where Gale makes the cross, Gale has the room to make that cross, because Brown is actually being tracked by, I think it was three defenders. So whoever had a a free run to to get that ball in, and I think you have to appreciate that when sometimes he isn't playing as well, he does create space for other people. But yeah, go for the subs now. Right, subs, so we move into now. Time on the 77th minute, as I said. Time and back for Gale. Five. Look straight in, Andrew. You weren't impressed with uh, time when he came on? Not really. Were you? 
Uh, no, I can't remember him touching the ball. Right, so now we move into the 81st minute. And again, another mysterious thing happened here. Thompson come on for Pearson and we conceded two goals. Yeah, five. Five. I, I mean, yeah. Mark, we won this other way. And the return, we never thought we'd see him in a Stoke shirt again. Sam Clucas came on for Campbell at the same time on the 81st. Answer to that, uh, we never thought we'd see him in a stoke shirt again, and uh, the answer might be four. Cookers is getting a four. Oh, he's getting a four, huh? Oh, yeah, I'll put it. If we can't even touching the ball, five. Um, and then the man who, let's be honest, I'd probably say he's on the transfer list, Bake it for Laurent in the 88th minute. Again, I'll give him a five. He's dropped off, hasn't he? What, what, are, what are your opinions on Baker now? Uh, I think we, he will struggle to get into that current three, but it, that might be a way of uh, showing how far we've come when he's on the bench and you're not really happy when he comes on. Uh, he's lost some of his the magic that he played for us last, you know, when we had him, hasn't he? Um, yeah, because to be honest, I haven't been impressed with him all season. There's been the odd performance no. here and there, I'll agree with, but other than that, I've not really been impressed by him for a while, Ange. I, I, I think it's a... Is it a case, in your opinion, that it may be a time go at the end of the season? If Because he, he, I've got a feeling he's one of them players that might kick up a fuss if things aren't going right. Yeah, I think he'll stay. Well, he's definitely not going to be captain. No, no chance in a million years. Oh, we've got Ben Pearson there for me. Get him permanent. We've got a new captain. Right, now the subs that weren't used were Fielding, Taylor and Redding. Another young lad. Was it a bit yeah. disappointment not seeing him come on instead of Klukas? Um, yeah, but then you do wonder if, if any of them are going to come on. I'd have brought Taylor on, to be honest. But uh, I think Taylor needs to get on the pitch a little bit more or he's going to obviously have to go out on loan again next season which is of no benefit to Stoke. I feel a bit sorry for Taylor, I do. I do too. But who, who would you have dropped for him in, in that team? And who would you drop for him now at Middlesbrough? Fox. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think Taylor's... A, I think he's the best young player we've got now since Suit has come through. Yeah, I think, I think I he's a real talent. And it's a shame, because yeah. I think what's happened, we should have loaned him out in January, really. But because of the yeah, injuries... Possibly. But we've had to keep yeah. hold of him, haven't we? Right, yeah. so now we do what we normally do. This time we're going with a bit something a bit different. We're going to go first with the referee rating. I didn't actually think the referee was very good. I thought the referee was um, poor, uh, partly because he missed, I think, three stonewall penalties. Um, really, three stonewall penalties. So for me, he's getting a six. I'm going to give him a two. I thought he was woeful. I mean, he missed two Stoke penalties. He missed the most... I mean, I mean, if if Gale was in goal instead of Bottom with the way he reacted and saved that shot, I, I, I'd put him in goal over Bottom. Let's be honest. And he didn't let anything go. I thought he was a bit brash with his yellow card on that. It was in Breton. I'd, I, poor. Are we ever going to see a good one, Ange? No, we don't. Never going to see a gun. I, I, it's right. it, it's woeful the ref standards a referee, but the way we're talking, we're starting to sound like Jurgen Klopp, aren't we? All full of excuses. <laughs> right, so we're going to talk about Alex Neal's rating. Yeah, 
had we have won three nil, he would have got a nine for me. But I thought the subs. And again, you've got to temper what I'm saying when you think that these are all professional players and should, as I said to somebody after the match, with just Thompson and um, Tymon on, we should have been able to see it out. With Thompson, Tymon and Baker on, we should have easily seen it out. So for the first 80, 82 minutes, I thought we were great. Uh, I was going to give him a nine and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because of the subs and only take one off, so he's getting an eight. Yeah, I'm getting up at eight as well. I thought he got the team layout right. I thought we played incredibly well till the 82nd minute, one to 84th minute, whatever it was. And then his substitutes killed the game. I understand why I did him because he did the same thing at, at Sunderland, but we could see him doing that then as well. Um, I don't like seeing Thompson in that role as holding midfielder because every time he comes on and plays that, replacing Pearson, we can see goals and. I thought that Tuanzebe should have come on for Taylor towards the end because he was clearly tiring. So Taylor yeah. should have come on for him, which probably would have g'd up Fox a bit more in defence. So we would probably probably would have seen it out because Tuanzebe was was absolutely knackered by the eighty fourth minute. And unfortunately, unfortunately, two goals went in. Um, I probably after the first goal, in probably would have brought Fielding on as well for Bonham because he was that bad. Um, but Klukas didn't make much sense and his subs did weaken us, but we were brilliant until then. So I can't punish him too bad. Right, as an overall rating, Ange, what are you going to put as your score? Eight. An eight? I'm going to go with a seven for that. Because we were brilliant, like I say, for 80-odd minutes, but that fall apart at the end, if it wasn't for that brilliant tackle by, I think, Twan Zerbe on Gallagher... I think we would have drew that game because of because of those subs. We, we can't defend like that. And Bonham, I'm afraid, is there a chance that... Who do you reckon we can bring in for Bonham? No. Yeah. No, only a... Can't bring anybody in unless it's a free agent. And I just think he'll stick with what he's got. Because um, I, 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 if you look at statistics over the last few years, we only need four more, four more points and we'll be safe. I think we're safe now, but statistically, uh, four more points will get us uh, get us safe. So um, I don't think he'll do anything. I think he'll stick with what he's got. Uh, it's a shame, really, isn't it? Because I, I think Sarkic, we, we, I think he's a decent little goalkeeper, Sarkic. Right age as well for a permanent move, 24. Goalkeeper, I always think between 24 and 25, they kick in. But we'll see what happens. Right, so... People have been asking, and I'm going to get your opinions on this, because it's been a massive, massive bit of news that's hit over the last 24 hours, or 48 hours, I should say. What are your thoughts on this Gary Lineker incident? Um, I think my thoughts on what he said was everybody's entitled to their personal opinion. Uh, I think when you're working for somebody like the BBC, where they they pride themselves on being impartial. I think it was probably ill-advised to, to talk about um, the Hitler effect and, and what happened in Germany. I think if you, you or I said it, or if you're in your own closed group, I, d I don't think that there's a massive problem with that. But um, I, what I am more surprised about is how it's been blown up out of all proportion and when I say blown up out of all proportion, he was trying to do something that he felt was right. And now that's all been lost. 
He's talking about refugees, and that's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about people trying to come in this country and, and, and have a free ride. Um, that's been lost completely now in, in what's happened. Um, because everybody's talking about match of the day, they had it on last night with no commentary and no audio description, and it's taken away from the real debate for me. I think he was prob I don't think he probably expected um, what came about to come about, uh, but just as people in my day used to watch the TV and listen to the radio, now social media takes over everything. Most younger people, young kids now, get all their news on, on social media, so uh, it's... I'm surprised they haven't tightened up on the rules before because if he'd have been working for a news programme, he'd have been out on his ear because they have to um, to be the most impartial people of all. Um, but that's that's my, my thoughts on it. It's crazy, really, isn't it, what, what chaos it's caused. I mean, every pretty much every footballer has backed him and has stopped going on. There was no um, thing with the Programme 5 Live last night with... Uh, Robbie Savage and Chris Sutton, they decided to go against it as well. And, you know, no match of the day, really. It was just a 20-minute um, show of the goals. It has caused a lot of chaos, hasn't it, this has? And, I mean, is it, has it affected BBC Radio Stoke in any way? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I've, I've heard nothing about it. Uh, but I'm sure that everybody that works in any role for the BBC will now have to, will be looked upon on having to be complete. There'll probably be a new set of rules and regulations go around. Um, but from, from my point of view, everybody's entitled to the personal opinion, but you've got to think when it's best to use that opinion. And whilst, as I said, I think he probably did it for what he thought were the right reasons, those right reasons have been lost because everybody's not talking about refugees in the government now. They're talking about match of the day and other pundits. Um, I mean, a lot of people think um, the BBC were wrong to suspend him, um, and that's a that's a personal thing. The one thing for me is, how will the BBC get out of this now? Yeah, it's going to be a difficult situation because pretty much everybody's decided. They, I mean, decided to go against Tandy and support Gary. I mean, it's going to be a difficult situation because. Who are they going to get in? <laughs> you know, it's, it, I mean, Nigel could be retiring soon. Do you reckon they could go for him? You know, get yeah, him. Why not? Why, why not? not? Let's, why not? Let's, 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 I might go for him. Yeah, well, why not? Again, I don't think we're that desperate. Uh, so. Cheers. Um, I, I, I just wonder, you know, there were certain people, maybe some being cantankerous, saying that they enjoyed it without pundits last night. It, it could have a. a a really strange effect on on what's going to happen in in things like match of the day, and and then you see, uh, I think it was Talksport had had all the highlights on, and you could watch them on YouTube with commentary. And again, it's deflecting from what he was trying to do. And if you look at a Stoke player, Asmir Begovic, Asmir Begovic is tweeted out today and put on social media or yesterday. Thanks to Gary Lineker for trying to highlight the humane reasons that refugees come. I mean, Asmir Begovic was a refugee. So there's two sides to everything, but I just feel it's been diluted down. And I'm looking forward, in a way, to, to see how it's resolved. I think they'll be 
getting around Gary and saying, please come back, Gary. That's what I think will end up, but we don't know. Right, so before we go into anything else, we're going to talk about Middlesbrough. That's happening on Tuesday. It's Michael Carrick's flying Middlesbrough. Um, what are your feelings on this? Uh, I think it will be an ex- the most tough, get the toughest game we've had this season, without any doubt at all. They're flying. Um, I'd be interested to see if he plays Twan Zabi again because it might. He looked very tired at the end. I th- if Wilmot's fit again, I think he might bring Wilmot back. I don't think he should play Jagielka because they've got the top scorer in the championship in Akpom, and I think he will run as ragged. The other thing that's um, really important to notice is I think they've won their last seven home games uh, and some of those they've been behind in so you haven't got the let's get the first goal and we'll be okay mentality they've obviously got a a good mentality Um, and winning seven home league games in a row is something we can only dream about isn't it yeah, well, we never know. We might go on that ourselves, aren't we? We don't know. It's got, to start, it's got to carry on with Middlesbrough. This is going to be a real challenge for Alex Neil for me now. Because, I mean, if we, can, if we can sneak a win there, I honestly believe playoffs is still distant, but I think there's an opportunity there to get back well, in. it keeps the season alive, doesn't it? Yeah, it uh, brings hope back, doesn't it? There's another thing, Ian. Sorry, there's another thing that we played Friday... They, they went to Swansea on Saturday, didn't they? Which is a bit of a long way from Middlesbrough, so things are stacked up in our favour a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, which which could do us. Right, so straight in with predictions. 2-0 Middlesbrough. 2-0 Middlesbrough? Yeah. Come on, Andy. It's going to be 2-1 Stoke. Well, I'm going 2-0 Middlesbrough, partly to antagonise you and partly because I just feel the wheels will fall off. It's what Stoke do. I thought that would happen against Blackburn. So I'm going on the reverse psychology of uh, I think, say the wheels will fall off, but they don't. But I do actually think they'll be too good for us. No, we're going to smash them 2-1. It's going to be a great game. You watch. Right, so who have we got at the weekend that we could talk about next? Norwich. Norwich? Yeah. Who are Norwich? They're the Canaries. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Right, anyway, so let's well, go into... If you look at it, Ian, if you look at it, we've got we've had four. When I said to you a few weeks ago, just look at the fixtures against Mar- in March, Sunderland, Blackburn, Middlesbrough and Norwich, we both said, and I know this is right, we both said can't see where the points are coming from. Right? We did say that. And now we're coming up to the third one, having won the first two. And if you'd have said to me we're going to get six points out of 12, I'd have been happy with that. No, I won't be happy with anything less than nine. I will be happy less than twelve, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, well, you've never been happy, have you? No, I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy all the time, Ange. I'm, I'm too happy. It's you everyone thinks is upset half the time. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you're just negative or down. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. So I'm never negative till till we start speaking, and then people can, you know, they can just pick their own thoughts. That, that's them. right. Blame me. Blame me. So that's, it's always my fault, isn't it, Ange? It's, yeah. it's, I know what it is, yeah. just bitter because I'm 3 nil up, that's what it is. <laughs> but anyway, Norwich under Wagner, we thought he'd gone away, but apparently he's back now with Norwich. He's had a bit of a, what you could, you'd call a decent start, but it's all over the place, isn't it, with Norwich? We don't know which team's going to turn up. It could be the poor one, it could be the good one. What do you reckon this weekend? I think we'll beat them. I think we'll beat them 2-1. You think we'll beat them? I, to be honest, I do. I've got a feeling on a free, free one here. I, well, I, I'd take that now. Yeah, I'd take that now. Break. 
Yeah, then it's hard to go for it, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to talk about that because we'll discuss it on the next podcast because I, I hate international breaks and I hate it when we're in form as well because we always come back not fit or somebody gets injured or whatever. It's always, it always goes against us, don't it, these international breaks. But I don't know. We've, we've how, how many have we got going away with this one? Is it just Brown? I mean, let's be honest, I think out of the last nine or ten seasons out of 15 or 16 have all been teams promoted who've gone on a run at the end of the season. It's, it, there's always one team, isn't there? It's Middlesbrough at the moment. Because, I mean, Middlesbrough dead and buried. They were second bottom for a long time, weren't they, until Carrick went in. Now, I think they're only six points or seven points away from Sheffield United who lost at the weekend. I mean, it, for me, it's just runs. It, the, the teams that get promoted in the Championship are either the ones that are way too good for the division, like Burnley are at the moment, or teams that go on runs and just out, just yeah. fly up the league. I mean, I mean, Luton have turned it around again. I mean, if we get in the playoffs, we've got. I think we've got a great chance. You look at the teams that are in there. We, for me, it's going to be Sheffield United. I think Middlesbrough will do it and go up, automatic. And then it's going to be Sheffield United, probably Luton, Blackburn, and then us. If, if we could hit that mark, I'm not saying that'll happen, but that's a good set of teams playing a playoff, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, I, I just don't know how you're getting us in the playoffs. I, I'm just being hopeful, Hans. I was just sheer hope to try and pick everybody up. I, I've never done me like this, but it's been very exciting over the last two years. It's because we've won back-to-back games. I can't remember yeah, that now yeah. for a long time. Well, it was November, I think, November 21, and we won three. We won two away. Luton was one. Uh, uh, I can't remember who it was. We beat Luton away, somebody else. It was November 2021. I looked it up earlier. But the thing is, now, if, if we do manage to win at Middlesbrough, then people start taking notice of you, and I think we're just better going under the radar. Even though we're capable of beating anybody and causing an upset anywhere, um, it's going to be tough to maintain the level we've had for the last few weeks, you know, partly because we always seem to get an injury, don't we? I mean, somebody will fall over on tomorrow on a blade of grass. You just know it, one of the good players. If Pearson is injured or rested or, get, or gets boots and sent off, then I think we will struggle because I think he is so important um, to our team. Yeah, I agree, yes, yes. I think, to be honest, Andrew, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there now because he's been here a while. I think the the January window has been one of the best windows we've had for a long time, transfer-wise. We've brought real quality in, haven't we, this time? Like, I mean, before, the, the, for the last five or six, we've had one or two here and there. But Ben Pearson, what a player. Twanzerbe, way too good for this division. Sarkic, solid goalkeeper. Not, not nothing to scream about, but a decent goalkeeper. Hasn't played a lot of football, so we can't judge him yet. And uh, Hoive, who, for me, was man of the match today, uh, Friday. So... 
I'm, I'm impressed, Andrew. I'm really impressed with what we've done at this wonder, Alex Neil. And I've, I've, my mind has changed on him a bit. I mean, what are your thoughts on him after what's gone on? I, I'll, I'll wait until the transfer window and see who we've got for the start of the season. Oh, it's a bit like that, is it? It's going to be like that, Ange. I know, I honestly think we're building our hopes at this moment in time on players we might not have next season. There's ben... nothing to say Ben Pearson will stay. There's absolutely, in my opinion, minimal chance of Twanza Bay playing for us next season. Smallbone, Southampton will go down. He can do a job for them in the Championship. Right, so there's three I don't think we'll get. Herbert, I, I don't don't know what will happen to him. Um, you know, Wolves might want might, might want to keep him when they see he's, he's playing for us. The only player that we aren't really talking about that we signed in the transfer window is Selena. And he's obviously wasn't in the uh, match day squad because of the loan number. Where is, where is he? I forgot well, about him. Yeah, exactly. You can't put him in the squad because we got seven. Sarkic obviously isn't playing at the moment. But um, we've just got to see how, how it goes. I, I told you about Chile, though. None of those players, and uh, none of those players, might be with us next season. And, and it's just come to me. It was November 2021, and we, it was Blackpool a little bit away, and then we beat Peterborough at home. So, um, oh, so top quality teams then. The, the, yeah, the, but tw- not having won three games in a row since November 2021. Yeah, but you might as well be playing against. Cobridge crew and thingy there, Hans. Jesus Christ. Well, it's the worst yeah. teams in the division. But anyway, yeah. before we get an argument, I can hear you getting heated. Right, let's talk about the women's team. How have well, they gone? Before we do, before oh. we do, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking here. Would you keep Selena? No chance in a million years. I didn't want to be the fit. I told you he'd be rubbish when when we signed him. I don't know well, why we bought him. What are the chances of him being the only one we keep? Well, if that's the case, then Alex Neil out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, I think we've got a good chance of getting Zebe. I think we brought him in for one reason, one reason only, to try get him fit and then get him on a free transfer when his contract's up. Um, I agree with Smallbone as well. I think his contract's up. He isn't going to go back there. There's a chance we'll get him. And the only ones we'll have to sign if we do want him permanently is Hoover and, and Sarkic. Chilina can go back. I'd probably give him back now, to be honest. And, but I, I like where we're going. Pearson will cost a bit of money, I agree. But I, I think if we can spend in the summer, that's business done, really. And then bring a few round it in a couple of loans. Just use your brains. It's it's not difficult, is it? Right, so, news this week, which has been hard fought by you and me as well. Um, the women's team are now going semi-professional. Yeah, from 23-24. Absolutely fantastic news. Fantastic well, it's, news. It's um, you know, it's a it's a big step for the club. I'm really proud that it's happened. Uh, I know there'll be quite a few people that think it was only as a result of the bad publicity over the current facilities, but it really wasn't. It's been, as you know, Ian, it's been going on in the background for a while, and uh, finally it's come good. And now the women will be under the um, the 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 administration of same as the men's team with Ricky Martin as the club technical director and it should be exciting times ahead um, we might we are the leading force for women's football in Staffordshire anyway uh, but I just think we should be aiming a little bit higher from, from grassroots to the first team so 
it's been a long battle and it's not just been won by the people and the players there now and the staff there now it's been won by every single person that's played for the women's team since since its inception because without all the things that the people have done in the past right back to when it was uh, playing in in a you know with very few teams you don't you don't ever forget your history so every single person that's been involved in the club has had some sort of part to play in this and um, it's a step forward for Stoke City Football Club as a whole it means that uh, Stoke is one club yeah it is it's fantastic it's been, it's been news it's been needed to come for a long time I mean I've been I mean I'm quite proud of it on the Potters podcast I've always put the women's fair enough it's at the end but I always put a mention in for the women's teams I always have done and always will do um, I'm very proud that they've got gone and got the semi-pros and, and it, it gives them that leeway doesn't it now and it, it just tell the people who don't know what a semi-professional will do for the ladies who are playing for the team. Well, well I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. that um, I, I've said this many times on this podcast that the players love playing for the shirts, so much so that some of the players who aren't even local but have had the ability and been picked to play for our team live north of Sheffield, uh, further away than Loughborough, Nottingham, some of them are students, some of them are still at college. They have paid petrol money, train fares, everything to get to the football club to train twice a week and to play at weekends. And when you're a young kid with little disposable income, if any at all, that says how much they want to play for the football club. But um, it's very important that those people too have a chance to state the claim because as soon as money is mentioned in any walk of life, you get other people sniffing around thinking I'll have a bit of that and it's uh, all the players have been told that the shirt is theirs and it's theirs to lose um, and I wish them all the best because now some of those players that were worrying about how am I going to get the money to go to training um, will not have to worry about that anymore it will be yes I'm going to training I'm going to be training three times a week and play matches at the weekend and I will have more access to physios more access to better nutrition, more access to be able to walk into Clayton Woods and feel a part of the whole setup. That's how much it means to the players and the staff of the football club. Yeah, absolutely fantastic news. Um, obviously, how did they go on this weekend, today? Well, um, unfortunately, when you're all expecting to, to play, we should have played Burnley, and there was a pitch inspection and it wasn't deemed playable, so uh, we haven't played... The reserve team have gone to Lincoln uh, to play what was supposed to be a match against Lincoln. And for whatever reason, Lincoln turned up with seven players. So uh, you can't start a league match with seven players. You have to have ten to start. Um, so it's just a really, really um, difficult situation where... We can't fight for three points. We'll probably be given the three points. Uh, but when you've gone all that way, um, it's it's a bit disappointing when you play, you've gone to Lincoln and you're only going to play against seven players. So they've played a game, but it won't count. They were, um, you know, they were considerably far ahead. I think they were six up at half-time. Um that's, it doesn't it's, matter. it's crazy that is, Ange. I mean, what's going on there? They, they haven't got enough players. Well, this is what we said. Listen, 
the club have paid for a bus. The best part of 600 quid for a bus. Now, I know that's nothing for Stoke, but those girls have gone down to Lincoln today hoping for a really good game and they've been confronted with seven players. Well, they didn't... We don't know why they've got seven players, but you'd like to think they'd have known that before before we set off. Uh, and that's just just a great pity. But look, the girls have had a bit of a kick about. Um, and of course, we couldn't lend them any players because you're not allowed to do that because they're registered for Stoke. So in answer to your question, it's been a blank fixture day for the women today. But the Wardy Allards, what a letdown. We played on Tuesday at Boldmere, which is a, a game they have to win. We've just been begging it up. Semi-professional, they sat on the other end and they turn up at Lincoln with seven players. Oh, come on, Ange, they're not happy with it. But anyway... It's not us that turned up. I know, I know it's not us, it's them, um, bloody it's Lincoln. Lincoln. Bloody Pee and, and, and that's the reserve league for you. So, um, we do, you know, it's just a shame for our girls on a week that we've had some great news, it brings you back down to earth. And, and it, it's hard for some of these reserve league players. They, they haven't got the facilities or the wherewithal, but, you know, we're, we're getting away from that now. Uh, the women are on the climb. Well, that's it. Right, so that's sort of one done, Ange. It's been brilliant, and that's sort of one done.